No More Mondays, the podcast that helps you navigate career challenges through the wisdom of professionals who have been at the same crossroads. I'm your host, Angie Callen, and I welcome you to join me each week as I chat with leaders, entrepreneurs, and employees who are here to share their practical, tactical advice and some inspiration on how they arrived at career and life satisfaction. From job searching and career changes to going out on your own, we are breaking down barriers and providing actionable takeaways to help you take charge of your Mondays and ditch those Sunday blues. Welcome to No More Mondays. Hello, everybody, and welcome to No More Mondays podcast. I am your host, Angie Callen. Does money make you nervous? Did you just get a little sweaty when I asked that question, right? Would you love to make a change, start a business, get a new job, move to a new place, but fear around money keeps you from making moves. Personal finance is the bane of many's existence, and we are going to break it down today as we welcome Troy Holt, financial educator, to the show. Troy is passionate about empowering professional women and business owners to take control of their financial future. He educates and guides people like me to deploy wealth-building strategies that mitigate tax liability while creating financial stability and a legacy. Like me, Troy believes we all deserve the opportunity to thrive and reach our potential. You all know how much I love that word. And he's here to help us build the financial literacy and financial foundation. We need to do it. And I'm excited to learn from him today. So I hope you will all help me welcome Troy Holt to the show. Troy, welcome to No More Mondays. Angie, thank you so much. Thank you for allowing me to be here and be a part of the podcast. I'm truly honored and grateful for the for the opportunity. And I love the title. thanks do you want the i don't know if i've ever okay so let's just let's just railroad the conversation 30 seconds in i don't know if i've ever actually shared where the no more mondays title came from and since you mentioned it i'll I'll share it that uh in brainstorming in brainstorming what we were going to call this we went through all different iterations Mm -hmm. and it somehow we stumbled upon the like what is like movie quotes and things from movies Mm -hmm. that could possibly inspire something and I thought of the movie Office Space, okay, which of our generation, like key, like right. cornerstone movie and how they talk about having a case of the Mondays. Okay. And I was like, oh, my gosh, a case of the Mondays, no more Mondays. And magically, here we are. Yes. And I'm glad that you are here. And I am glad that you're going to share some wind- wisdom because I have a feeling money is the reason a lot of people have cases of the Mondays. And yeah. I'm hoping we can kind of break that down yes. today. But before we get into kind of advice stuff. I would love to know how you got into this world and kind of what your background in finance is. So fill everybody in on a little of that. Yeah. So growing up, you know, one of the things is I used to see, you know, on television and, and, and sometime in real life, I would see uh, the person that carried the briefcase and wore the suit seemed to be uh, made the most money and, you know, looking professional and, and things like that. And I, and I said, that's what I want to be. I want to be that type of guy because uh, I'm not a mechanic. I'm not a construction. I, none of that. I, matter of fact, uh, I hate cutting grass. Uh, and, and, and my next house, Angie, my next house uh, that I, I buy, it can have all concrete, no trees and no grass. It wouldn't Zero scaping yeah, yes. for Troy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so a friend of mine told me about an opportunity uh, with uh, a company. It's called Ameriprise, but at the time it was American Express Financial Advisors. And so he was actually there. And so he told me about the opportunity. So I went and, and applied because I had always kind of had some interest in finances. 
And then that's how I got involved in, in finances, you know, and, and I really wanted to, when I got involved, uh, I seen there was a big uh, discrepancy or a gap, especially in my community, African-American community. And I really wanted to help educate. And I love, you know, when I can educate somebody and a light bulb come on and, you know, and, you know, it just, it just really does something to you and a light bulb come on you and you can educate someone. And then, uh, so I proceeded over the years, uh, you know, been with a couple of companies and, and now, you know, I'm independent. I do have, uh, s- some backing, but I'm basically an independent. And so I kind of, uh, still on the education piece, just really trying to educate people on personal finance and, and how important it is. Well, and I love that I can already tell as part of your brand, mm-hmm. but like, let's make f- financial planning and finance and money accessible and approachable. Correct. And it's funny because I also remember that whole corporate America picture is I feel what we were so taught to strive for growing up in like the eighties and early Mm nineties. And now I I wish that, uh, you know, you can't see Troy. I can, (laughs) he is sitting here chatting to me in a Navy blue, really close to the career benders blue t-shirt. Right. Yeah. So no, no pretense. Mm-hmm. No, I'm trying to be the guy with the suit. Cause a lot of times the people that's, that's a, that's a shell and a cover. Yeah. Um, and so I appreciate that perspective. And one of the things I'm curious to talk about more from your own experience, building a business and in, in an entrepreneurial endeavor is how did you come to identify the niche that you work with and decide to even go like further out on your own? And, and I asked this for one specific reason is it because Financial professionals tend to be pretty risk averse. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's just a good little tidbit for some people out there to hear whether they're finance or not. Mm-hmm. But they're risk averse to doing something as, you know, as scary as as kind of going out on your own. So I'm curious how you approach that transition and giving an idea of people like how you did that, how you identified the niche and how you you uh, kind of did all of that with the risk aversion in mind. Well, a part of the 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 uh the niche or area because you know my focus is on on women and uh one of the things is you know started kind of looking at my book of business and I would say about 98% of my clients are women it was not anything that I designed or pick, picked out it just happened to be that happened to be my book of business and uh, a lot of the the uh, what happened many times I would have oh, a female to reach out to me, say, Hey, look, uh, you know, I have children, you know, I, I want to set something up with them. I want to make sure they protect it. And so it just, that just kind of evolved. Then I started doing more research, you know, about women and how I can really impact them. And so what I found out that, you know, uh, especially in America for every, uh, dollar that a white male makes, a white female makes 82 cents on a dollar, but a black female makes six, six to eight cents on the high end and 58 cents on the low end. Women are some of the most, uh, uh, the demographics, they're the largest uh, uh, poor uh, in America. So a lot of the reason is because they don't, they don't always get compensated as, as uh, equivalent to men, but also women have a tendency to be the ones that will take off from work to take care of a loved one who may be sick or take care of children. So what, what, so what happens is when they do that, they miss out on promotions. They, they, they miss out uh, on opportunities. They miss out on money because they are not, because they, they became the caretaker of someone. And so I don't think it's fair that they get penalized because they're helping 
us men to continue to have our business, our life, or whatever else it may be. And so I'm a champion and support for women. I really think, you know, we should promote women more and push them, you know, and and really uh, back them. And and then plus, you know, I have a wife. We've been married going on 32 years uh, next month. So, so supportive of her. So that's amazing. Yes, thank First, you. First, congrats. Thank you. Second, there's a very there's a tidbit of practicality in something you said mm-hmm. that I want to flag for some people sure. out there. That if you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to identify your niche, sometimes it's sitting right there in front of Correct. you. If you'll just look at the data, yeah, which is is what you did when you looked at the book of business. But then I think that gave you that gave you the this this probably spark of inspiration to look deeper into yeah. probably why they were reaching out to you and how much service there was available to that niche Correct. of which you could serve. Definitely. And, and, you know, it was like, it was kind of, you know, doing the deeper dive, it was kind of an eye open. And I'm like, you know, this is not fair. This is not, it shouldn't be like that. You know, we really should. Uh, and some of women can do some jobs better than men, you know, and, and more effective. And so, so I just became a, a, a champion of, of women. And so then, you know, dealing with the risk, I think people should always take calculated risks. I don't think people should take foolish risks. I think it should be calculated risk. You know, a, a person should look at, you know, the pros and cons. Uh, also look at one of the things that uh, I learned this, and I'm also a man of faith and also a minister. And one of the things that uh, I, I come to realize uh, is to expect the unexpected. If we start taking that that mindset and that attitude, then it won't throw us off when things of life hit us unexpectedly because things happen in life. But but there's a mindset that, you know, because I'm a Christian, I'm a child of God, that nothing will happen to me. I just, I'm supposed to go through life and everything's supposed to be just a, up, uh, just a, a roller coaster where I'm on top or mountaintops. And, and it's not, it's not the case. So, so I think that you should calculate those risks and then look at what if this happens, then how do I plan for that? Yeah, it's 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 very easy in that situation to kind of stick your head in the sand. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to say something that could be off color to some, but that Christian mentality mm-hmm. of, well, I'll just pray about it. Right. Correct. But sometimes God intends us to take action. Correct. In order. We have to be part of his, of the solution that he has in mind for us. Yeah, we'll work through the challenges, but just doing nothing right. isn't necessarily doing our part in it. And I think what you bring up is a really good point around kind of the financial misstep mm-hmm. of not being prepared, right? Tell me more about that and how uh, how can we, like pra- even practically avoid that? How do we get prepared for the unexpected from an, like an actionable plan? So one of the things that I always uh, teach was two things I, I, I share with people. So uh, we teach is a principle called the seven money milestones. And it's basically a roadmap or a blueprint for a person to achieve financial independence, excuse me. Number one is a financial education, getting with someone you trusted advisor, uh, start you know getting that education. You can read books and also go on YouTube, but be careful with a lot of things online. Some of it is misinformation, so you gotta be careful. But but getting started with the, uh, that education, number two, uh, is a proper protection. Uh, so making sure you protect it in the event if uh, a loss, whether it's death or whether it's uh, 
an injury on the job or a business, you know, protection there. Number three is an emergency fund. We talked about, you know, the the transmission fallout, if the uh, the, uh, the refrigerator stopped working. So have an emergency fund for those. Number four is debt management. Debt is huge in America. Uh, you know, controlling the debt, managing the debt. Number five uh, is cash flow. Uh, uh, so, you know, figuring out ways to increase your cash flow. That could either be, uh, you know, looking at a, a, a person's employee, a W-2, changing that when they get more money in the house, maybe a side gig, maybe a side business. Uh, number six is growing wealth. When we get that in place, we look at growing wealth. The number seven is protecting that wealth. Wheels and trust. We see that Aretha Franklin and Prince, both of them passed, did not have any wheels or estate planning. Yeah, or there was a random will shoved in the couch. Correct. Like how, yes. How in, how yes. nuts is that yes. for somebody with that kind of wealth to protect? Correct. And you know, I'm like, wow, these people they they even had the money that they could spend to hire the attorneys to put the plan to litigate yeah. that for what was it like three years? Yes. 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 <laughs> So that's, you know, so those are, we, we, we talk about those things, getting those things in place. But one of the things that, and I say this on a lot of podcasts, and one of the things that a person can start today is simple. And, you know, people may ask, well, what thing that a person can start to say today? And one thing that I will say is to pay yourself first. So what I tell people uh, like me, so again, being a man of faith, so God gets his first, and then I pay myself first, and then the bills and all that come next. Most people, they pay all the bills, and then they uh, give what's left over, they pay themselves. Uh, and, and and I say, it's not, it's, it's, it's not, the issue is not the amount, whether it's a dollar or $10. It's the mental. It's the mental and the discipline. And and once you get in the habit of that, and now you can set up things automatically. You know, you get a paycheck, direct deposit, have a portion go uh, in there. Because if you can't put away a dollar, you definitely can't put away $10. And if you can't put away $10, you can't put away $100. So I tell people one simple thing that they can start today is start paying themselves first. And I remember uh, there were some times that I implemented years ago. But at the, by the end of the month, I had to take the money and move it to, to still pay bills because I didn't yeah. have enough. But the discipline, the mindset, now it's automatic because I've, I've done it you know, so yeah. much. And so I got in the habit of that. So that's one of the things that I will share as a practical tip that a person can start today. Well, I want to get more into practical tips in a minute. Sure. But I also, you, you just dangled about, well, you dangled seven <laughs> carrots with the seven point framework. So I'm like, oh man, where do we go? But I want to stop and and address something that you just kind of opened the door to, which is the entrepreneurial mindset mm-hmm. when it comes to money, mm-hmm. because there is there is a lot of, that's where I think that risk aversion we were talking about a little bit ago kind of comes in and people have that, uh, they have the assumption and it's not always true that entrepreneurship is not as stable when it comes to the income. You can't guarantee it. You know, and all these kinds of things that in some ways you've got more control over your business income than you have over whether your employer decides to keep you employed or not. But that's a different show. Right. Joy. Yes. In the in in the point you brought up is that it is very empowering as a business owner to set up payroll for yourself, right? Because it is a meant, it's just like creating an actual business entity, which from a financial perspective is a risk aversion tax tax liability decision as well. 
But there is nothing more gratifying than putting yourself on autopilot payroll and seeing that money come in every single cycle, even if it isn't the full amount of money that you're going to pay yourself. If it's $1,000 a month, it's just kind of taking that step to formalize and mentally say, I'm in business, I'm going to pay myself first. I did an interview recently on my podcast. Uh, matter of fact, it was last week, so it hadn't came out yet. And uh, it was with uh, Olivia. I can't think of Olivia last name right now. And so she kind of helped business owners. And one of the things that she brought out, which was huge, she may mention a shout out to Olivia, uh, but she she may mention that many business owners, when they're starting out, there could be a startup. And so they start scaling the business. And she said, what they don't do is they don't pay themselves. They said, well, when I get to this point and then when I get to this point, and she said they should have um, incremental uh, in their business plans. That, okay, so it could be $50 a week, uh, whatever the number is, and just incremental start paying themselves first because they end up burning themselves out. And they may have a business that have grown to a million dollars in revenue, but they only getting paid zero or $10. And they should start putting a salary in them for themselves incremental, incrementally over time. So I thought that was some great advice. Yeah, totally great advice. And so, you know, the, I would say first practical piece of advice Troy has here is set up consistent pay for yourself. Yes. Even if you end up having to also do draws mm-hmm. or something like that, in addition, just create some sort of consistency for yourself because that it's, it's mental. It, it gets, it starts a foundation for cash True. flow True. and all those kinds of things. Um, and I'm, I'm also curious now that we're in this little mindset segment mm-hmm. here for a second, uh, what, what do you think, and whether it's somebody who is a, an entrepreneur or employed, mm-hmm. what do you think it is about money? I'm going to make you play therapist for a okay. minute, Troy. What do you think it is about money that keeps us from thriving and reaching our potential? What is it about money? Oh, ooh, that's, that's a tough one. So one thing I think it is. What happens, I, th- I think people go to the extreme. So one person is poor growing up. So when they get the opportunity, they never want to be poor. So that's a big fear of them. So, and that's, so they start being motivated or driven by the fear. I think what happened is the fear drives them sometimes to greed. This is not everybody. This is now we're coming from a therapist, psychological type, and that fear end up motivating and pushing them toward greed. So they're going to do anything. They're going to compromise their principles and and and, and whatever uh, because they don't want to get in that position again. And I can understand where they're coming from. I think the other side of, of that same thing is you have some people that may have never experienced any tough time. Uh, so for them, money is, is just not important because they've never experienced, oh, you know, some people that the lights about to get cut off, the car's about to get repossessed. So for them, they've, they've never had that negative aspect of money. So money to them is not motivated. And I'm not necessarily knocking them. You know, my philosophy is, uh, relationships over revenue, people over profits and impact over income. And so, oh, can you say all three of those yes. again? Because there, there is, I want to say up front that you're 100 percent right on the a lot of times our relationship with money, most of the time our relationship from money stems about however we were raised and there's no right or wrong because we can't change it. It just is what it is. But you do have the ability to shift those beliefs. True. 
And tell me, tell me what you, those three are again, because yeah. I loved them. Uh, relationships over revenue. So I think people should uh, always put the relationship over revenue. So in other words, if you have to walk away from a deal because it's not a good fit, it doesn't place the client or customer in a better position, I think you should always pick relationships over revenue. I think you should pe- pick people over profits. We know most corporations in America does not do that. That's why they don't keep great people. Uh, the people is, are what make you, help you build that uh, that organization. So put the people over profits. And I'm, I'm not saying a company shouldn't make profits. They're not in a business. They're not a nonprofit. They're in there to make profit. But I think they should make people over, uh, put the people over profits. And then also we should always be looking at how can I make an impact over the income? Because the impact is going to be a legacy. It's going to be a long-term uh, income is fine and you can have it right there uh, in, that, in that short term. But but the but the impact that you that you can leave and the legacy can you leave could go on for generations and years. I love the I love that three. <laughs> oh, it's so and, and I and, and here's the thing is that, again, the fear factor comes into mm-hmm. a lot of sh- a lot of this. Right. Well, I can't I can't say no to this potential client relationship mm-hmm. because I need the revenue. Mm-hmm. Well, then what you're likely doing is saying yes to something to say no to something else. Correct. Right. So you really have to think about that across, across all three of these kind of ideals, right? Is that, is this relationship right for the way I want to do business? Am I treating people the way that makes me feel good about profiting from that? And overall is, am I generating income in a way that also produces impact? Right. So there's a little ecosystem in which all these things can live harmoniously aligned with kind of your individual values and goals. True. Agreed. I, I remember when I worked in in the wireless industry and, and I would tell uh, uh, for a few years, I was a top sales rep and I would tell some of my co- uh, coworkers, I said, if y'all come to me and say, hey, this is a new, uh, a new line, because that's where you made the money with new lines. And I say, I don't want it. Then you better take Q because it's probably somebody that I, that I don't want as a, as a customer because they're going to be more of a problem, more of a headache. Uh, because I made a few dollars. And so, so sometimes again, it, it, everybody, you may have to turn away for either it's not a good fit, either they're going to be a drain and you can't support them. So, so you got to look at a lot of those factors and just don't take everything, you know, just because you need it. And that goes back to something you said earlier about that kind of like reactionary, right? Mm -hmm. We go, and and there's a lot of places in society where that's happening. And I could get on a big soapbox about that, that the pendulum just swings. We live in a world of extremes now. We do. And there's a lovely little happy medium and a fence that you all can sit on. (laughs) (laughs) And and I think that there's this idea of you can, you, you can have enough Mm -hmm. to live comfortably, leave a legacy, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you are, uh, you know, part of the 1%. Right. There's a whole lot of comfortable area in between there. Agreed. And what I'd love to do is continue kind of building on this advice piece. I, I You know, if, if we use relationships over revenue, people over profit, impact over income is kind of foundation here. And that first piece of practical advice is if you own a business to pay yourself. Yeah. Give us some more. What, what, what are the next two things that you would recommend somebody doing once they pay themselves? Well, if it's a business owner, I believe that you should, uh, you know, pay your people, you know, uh, fairly well. I mean, you know, to keep them. I think it's a a, a quote and it came from uh, Richard Branson uh, of uh, Virgin Mobile and Virgin Airlines. And they said something like this. You should treat your people uh, so well. Uh, and I'm kind of messing it up. You should uh, train them and pay them so well 
uh, that they want to leave, but it's so good where they are that they don't leave. Some along that line. Uh, and it's the it's the reverse end of the golden handcuffs that we talk a lot about on the employee side when they're like, well, I'd love to leave, but I just have these golden handcuffs. Right. If you're an employer, you can slap those on some people and build some some loyalty. True. So it's a little that's bit of true. a tricky situation, but that's it, it's showing that you value what they bring to your Agreed. organization. And I think that's true whether they are an employee, a W-2, or whether they're a contractor. So let me ask you, this, let me throw a question out to you, Angie. Do you think what we just said, if an employer do that, they'll have less people with the mindset of no more Mondays? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. With one, with yes, but, ooh, there's a <laughs> yes, but. For the most part, yes, because I do find that a lot of dissatisfaction in the workplace comes because people feel undervalued and underpaid for what they bring. Yeah. And there and there's a feeling of lack of respect there that causes the Mondays. Yeah. That said, it also creates a unique challenge to those who are unsatisfied by the work they're doing and money isn't the reason. True. For the, that lack True. of fulfillment. And in those cases, it creates a challenge yeah. for figuring out how you go do something else because you've been compensated so well. And in those situations, I'm actually going to circle it. Oh, I just stream of conscious myself right back to a great full circle kind of thing. Mm -hmm. In those kinds of situations, I think you can take some of these proactive, you know, financial and fiscal recommendations mm -hmm. to use those golden handcuffs to put your in put yourself in a position to have more options. So that you don't have to say, well, I have to go find the exact same pair of handcuffs to, to change jobs because that's not going to be practical. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a it's a little bit of a double edged sword. But in a lot of ways, if somebody's if somebody's paying you your worth, it's not a bad thing. If you're not satisfied by that environment, you've got to create options for yourself. And this financial stuff we're talking about is how you do it. Yeah. You know, and to your point. You know, I tell people, and I told you, I said, I'm not a mechanic or construction. I told you that. So if you say, Troy, uh, I want to hire you to be a construction worker for 250000 a year, a quarter of a million dollars. I probably will work three months and then I will quit. Uh, great money, but it's not anything that I desire. It's, it's not my purpose. Nobody can pay you enough right, to do that yes, in the long right, term. Yes, <laughs> because I'm going to be unsatisfied because that's not anything that gives me the satisfaction. So I agree. And, and so an employer has to also figure out money doesn't motivate everyone, you know, so you got to figure out what motivates, I think, and what employers could do is, is start having more one-on-one -on -one and getting to know the people that they hire, you know, what they care about, what, what interests them. Uh, and I think when you do that, you know, it doesn't take a lot to do to just care about people. I think you will have more loyal people because they know you care about them. And it's a and that in and of itself is a business financial move yeah. because attrition costs money. True. So now let's flip the coin. If I'm an individual in that in this whole environment that we're talking about, what do I do to put myself in a good financial position? Whether whether I'm a kind of an employee or let's say maybe small entrepreneur who doesn't have, you know, a whole team structure. Mm -hmm. So more of it on an individual level, how does this stuff apply? So one of the things I think uh, COVID taught us, COVID taught us that there's times we need to pivot. It also taught us, and I hope people grab a hold to this, we should look at having multiple streams of income. So if, 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 if a person has a, because uh, because business and life, you have highs and lows. You have times it's flowing. You also have times that it's uh, uh, it's not as flowing as much. 
And so I think an individual should have another stream of income. In the event a company shut down, it closed, you get laid off, you get fired. Uh, you are not dependent on uh, a a job to con- control your future. And I think that's where individuals uh, have messed up. The business owner, I, I think they got a shift also is even though they may have a business, they need to figure out different ways to generate additional rev- revenue streams in that particular business. So if one is down, the other one is up. And so they could stay in a, at least in a, what you call a, a, a level plateau when one is down, the other one is up. It may be a t- time that both of them are up. It may be a time both of them down. But overall, I think if they make sure they're generating other streams, uh, it, it, it will help them to continue to increase their cash flow. Yeah. So, in, so the way I would put this is if you're an individual, find multiple streams of income. Mm-hmm. And if you are in business, no matter what size, diversify the way that income comes Correct. in. Right. So if I, for instance, you know, I do a ton in the one-on-one coaching Mm -hmm. space, guess what? If I uh, have to go get carpal tunnel surgery, Mm -hmm. which I will need to do at some point, I just keep putting it off. I'm looking at 12 weeks of not working. So what do I do in the meantime? I either have to stack up a bunch of reserves or I need group programs or products that people can buy online that create the consistency of that income. And so there's a way that you can create kind of a portfolio there for yourself whether it's in you know uh, salary and investments, mm-hmm. or whether it's a product lineup, you're kind of you're kind of offering. That's great advice. Yeah, and I want to add something to to you what you just said. I like what you said. So you one of the things you're gonna look at maybe uh, having uh, on demand courses, so it's paying you uh, a revenue. Uh, but also, I, I think business business businesses should also look at uh, something called uh, disability insurance. Uh, so there's two sides of disability insurance. You have one uh, where it pays you a salary if you uh, where it pays your income is usually about sixty to seventy percent in the event of a sickness or an accident. So that's one side of it. Then you have another side. It's called business overhead expense. It's another part of it. So if you have business expenses like rent, uh, 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 utilities, and things like that, and you can't work because of sickness or illness, it will pay those expenses. Also, there's two different policies, uh, and 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 uh, but they do cover two different areas. So I, those are some things that, again, unexpected. I think business owners should look at uh, having in place in the event of something happening. Well, and this is perfect because I wanted to go back to the seven money milestones uh, and just revisit all of them. And and basically, what you did was take us back to point two, which is the first place of action, because number one is financial education. And I'm curious in that lineup, just to remind everybody, education, protection, which is what we just talked about, emergency fund, debt management, managing your cash flow, and then growing and protecting your wealth. Where in that seven is the overall hang up in the global ability to manage money for most people? Hmm. I think... Probably the emergency fund, I think, because uh, the statistics show, uh, I think the numbers was 39% of Americans can't come up with $400 if they have a $400 emergency. So I think having that emergency fund, you know, because so if you don't have the emergency fund, then it can put you in debt. 
So you, cause you got to use yeah, a credit so, card. So three and four per, can perpetuate each other. If you're not, if you're not prepared. Correct. Yeah. And so, and then if you do have debt or credit card or something and you had an emergency fund, you could put it on a credit card, say I pay it out in six months out of my emergency fund, you know, cause you can kind of stretch it out. Uh, if you have a credit card with no balance and it's not maxed out or anything like, so you could kind of strategize different ways, but I think that emergency fund, uh, is huge. And then, uh, the number uh, two is protection. Uh, the reason why I say protection, because, uh, a person passed and they don't have any, uh, uh, and then they got children. And so they don't have any life insurance. And so if the person passed and have life insurance, so it puts an effect on the family. Uh, taking care of that. Then if, or if they have a dis, a dis, disabled, they're in a car accident and they can't work. And so they don't have, uh, have that. So I think those two are probably some, the foundation that, uh, may be very important to get in place. But, but, but when I work with people and these 12, uh, these are seven money milestones, uh, everything is not done, uh, overnight. So I did, so I, this is what I tell my, my clients, Angie. So excuse the expression, but, but, but you will get it. I tell my clients, I said, when you work with me, it's not a one night stand. It's a long-term relationship. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Which, and I, it's a cheeky way of reminding everybody that most things in life, especially change is a process. Correct. And that's really what this seven step money milestones is, is creating a process and a framework to keep yourself accountable to different financial goals. And, and I think that it's, I'm actually going to equate this, like the, the financial world and the career coaching world have the parallel in that there are about 97 varieties of Kool-Aid you could go drink. If you try to drink all 97, you're going to be on a freaking sugar high. Right. So what I recommend doing is, is drinking one flavor. Right. Troy's or Angie's and following that methodology, because for the most part, we're generally educating people on the same stuff as our peers. We just do it in a way that resonates, Correct. you know, with the different. And and if you try to go out and continue like, OK, I'm going to go follow Troy, but then I'm going to go look at the advice of 17 other people. You're going to get like all convoluted. And I this is a very simple process of which you're not going to get stood up for the second date. So I love it. And, and, and to your point, what you just said follows. So there's a, I don't want to call the name and I, and I don't want to be negative uh, about him, but he's a, he's a well-known. Uh, as soon as you, as soon as you, you went into that, I know you're talking about, it, I'm not going to say it either. So he's great on uh, debt and getting out of debt. Okay. He's, he's great on that. However, when he starts talking about life insurance, uh, his advice is not good because he's not sitting down one-on-one. He don't know the details of your situation and why we did this. There's a level of nuance there that to an extent mass delivered advice can work. But like, if we go back to your seven point framework, it got us to number four. Mm -hmm. Now what do we do? Right. And that's where having somebody that, and, and here we come here, we, here goes shameless plug, Troy, here we go. So having an individual who can support you in understanding the assets you have or don't have goals that you want to achieve and how to create a personalized strategy to get there is amazing, which I think is an excellent point to say, you give out more advice and some of your strategies on your own podcast. So uh, tell everybody, and I'm going to be on it, everyone. Hasn't happened yet. It's going to be in a few weeks. So I don't know how this will work as far as like the timing of the two episodes. But 
tell everybody how they uh, how they tune into that. Yes. So my podcast is called Troy Talks. Uh, you will find it's kind of like me and Angie's a conversational style uh, podcast. I have various different people in different industries. You can find it on Spotify, uh, Apple, um, Google. Uh, so on your major streaming platforms, you can find it, uh, Troy Talks. Uh, and then my, the website for it is the, the troytalks.com. And how do people tune into you from if somebody's out there saying, I like this guy and I need a financial advisor? Sure. How, in addition to the podcast, do they find and connect with you? Uh, they can find me probably one of the if one of the best ways. I'm very active on LinkedIn. They can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, and also, Angie, I didn't realize you and I was connected as uh, a first level. So I don't know when that happened. Oh, yeah. yeah on so, if, so you follow the two of us. You're going to. You're gonna we're gonna fill up your news feeds with great career and money advice. Correct. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, also, you can go to my website. It's troyhold.com, uh, and you, uh, you can set up an uh, appointment through my uh, calendar on my website. But uh, but if you want to reach out to me directly, like if you're on LinkedIn, uh, uh, DM. I'm on LinkedIn. It's Troy Holt. I'm also on uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, I'm on all social media platforms, uh, basically, but, but LinkedIn is probably the, the best one. And then also my website. And of course you can find Troy as part of my network on LinkedIn. And we're going to take everything that he just shared. And we'll put all of those in the show notes at no more Mondays.info, uh, including both links to the site and links to the podcast so that you can tune in for the interview with yours truly. Uh, but I think that this is a, a very important topic for many people, whether you are in you know, a career as an employee or an entrepreneur, uh, and breaking down the fear and intimidation mm-hmm. around financial planning is a, is a welcome you know, element that I'm really happy to now have you as a resource in my network for everybody out there who's like, okay, I want to get myself in a better financial position so that I have options. Yes to change and don't feel stuck. Cause a yes. lot of times that's why people feel stuck. I want to make a change, but yes, and it's mostly money that comes into play. Troy is a wealth of resources. So I hope you will tune into the podcast and find all of his, his good stuff online. I know he puts together some good programs and special kind of one-off stuff that you should keep in touch with too. And there's, there's so much good stuff in here. The seven, the, the seven pieces of, of the, the, the money milestones, I think are the number one takeaway from it's like parts one through, you know, it's one through seven, but it's, that's an amazing takeaway from this episode. However, let's take everybody out with one more big piece of advice, pearl of wisdom. What is your number one recommendation on what everybody out there can do to get one step closer to career and life satisfaction. I've already said it and I'm not going to stop. Every time this is asked, pay yourself first. Start today. Pay yourself first. Yes. Yes. Go get yourself set up on Gusto, everybody. That's what I use. If you want a referral fee, I think we both get money. Shameless plug. But pay yourself first. And I actually am going to go so far that even if you get paid by someone else, Adopt this mentality of like paying yourself first. So one of the things I was I was going to bring up earlier, and I I will just as we kind of wrap this up as a as a good frame as a good just addition to this is from a business perspective, I follow a profit first framework, which is not is not only do I pay myself first, I also set aside a certain amount of money 
into a profit account for the business. Okay. And you can apply that same it's kind true. of framework true. to your personal life. That's where the emergency fund and everything like that comes in. And so pay yourself first, set up that emergency fund and get yourself into a good financial situation so that you have options regardless of how big your golden handcuffs are. Yep. Right, Troy? Love it. Love it. That's a great way to take us out. Troy Holt, everybody. Thank you so much for being here and giving us just very good, practical, approachable advice on how we can be better with money and also reduce some of the fear around money that keeps us from thriving and reaching our potential. Because we want people like Troy and I want to enable you to go after the things that you want to go after. The last thing you want to do is like is say, I'd love to do that, but I can't afford it. Yeah. And we're here to help you change that. Yep. Thank you. This was awesome. Troy Holt, thank you so much for being here, being part thank of the you, No More Angie. Mondays movement, giving me a chance to share how the name even came to be. That was a nice little <laughs> special ad. We always love hearing from people who have not only successfully navigated their own career crossroads, but are helping others do the same through awesome resources like Troy has to offer. Please head over to nomoremondays.info. You can grab the show notes and the links to everything we've talked about. And then subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating because it is a huge help to people like Troy and I who give yes. these podcasts out to the world. So until next time, I hope you have a great week. No Sunday scaries. And I will see you next Wednesday for another drop of No More Mondays podcast. Thanks for joining us for another episode of No More Mondays. Tune in next week as we bring you more insights and actions to help you improve your life and career. Don't forget, visit us online at nomoremondays.info to get all the details, show notes, and recommendation from this episode. No More Mondays. We drop new episodes every Wednesday. No More Mondays is brought to you by CareerBenders, Inc. in partnership with executive producer Jane Durkee. For more information about career coaching, resume writing, personal branding, recruiting, and entrepreneurship coaching services, visit us online at careerbenders.com.